Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubac Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your host, TJ Bowser and Grandmaster Ziad. And welcome to episode 13 of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. Grandmaster Z here. Today we are accompanied by the writers of the Do Back Discussion Network, Timothy, Gold Leader Keegan, and Joel Myth Storms. Gold Leader, stand oh, yeah. by. So today and we got Solo. And it's Myth. The man, the legend. Today we have solo news out the ass. We've got a little bit of episode nine news and some discussion topics. It wouldn't be the do-back discussion without discussion topics. Mo, how has your week been? Well, it's um, ra- rounding up to finals, so it's been kind of a hell. But here we are, the favorite time of the week, the podcast. That's absolutely right. Tim, what about you, buddy? Oh, I've been all right. I was pretty excited for the podcast, so here I am. Joel? Yeah, I've been all right. Working on my van, enjoying the weather, and I'm here, enjoying the podcast. Did you finally finish painting your van? No. Oh, okay. If you guys didn't know, Joel currently has a white van, and he is putting vinyl graphics on the side that says free candy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. So, free lollipops. Free lollipops, though. Come in and take a lick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh. solo. Solo news. Okay. Uh, how many days are we away from Mel? Huh? Uh, as of recording of this podcast, we are 30 days, 0 hours, and 42 minutes away from Solo, a Star Wars story. Damn! Less than a month, boys. That's right. Mm-hmm. Till we go back to church. So, what do we got first up on this plate? I know it's a full plate, but we can take it all at once. We've seen Tim take it at least once. Ha, ha, ha. So, we have news from... Ronnie Howard's Instagram, the Graham, posting it for the Graham, that post-production has wrapped on Solo a Star Wars story. How about that? Right, right. Well, I hope it would. Fucking movie's going to be out in a month. (laughs) (laughs) A month. I mean, it's just like the milestones are coming and reminds you that we are very, very close to the release of the movie. And Disney's about to make another billion dollars. Hell yes, they are. <laughs> no, it'll be good. No, no. Want to chime in, Joel? I'm, I'm thinking uh, six hundred at the box office. What? That's, That's really low. Yeah. Rogue One made a billion. Really? Yeah, Rogue One did, but that didn't divide the fan base. Oh, you think having uh, you think having a film set <clears throat> with Han Solo is gonna kill the fans? No, I, th- I think the last film, the last movie divided the fan base that much that a lot of people aren't interested well, in. Well, we anymore. will talk about that later in the show during our discussion topic. Why is the fan, well, why is the community so split? But anyway, back on topic of the solo movie. Uh, <laughs> he said, 
That's a wrap on the post-production here at hashtag Skywalker Ranch, hashtag Solo. Wow, Owen Wilson. What a fun and exciting ride this has been for me, thanks to an extraordinary cast and everyone behind the camera. Hope fans around the world enjoy hashtag May 25th. Hashtag nothing. Okay. Uh, We've got some new bios for the solo Star Wars story characters. We do, Timmy. Oh, we do do have some new bios. Uh, I'm trying to bring mine up right now. Ignore that. That was me adjusting the microphone for Tim. (laughs) Well, some of the bios, they start out on the new Han Solo, a.k.a. our all-fan favorite. But anyway, uh, talks about how he he starts out with uh, his harsh reality in his home world of Corellian. And uh, breathe, Tim. Crap. Breathe, Tim. Oh, my <laughs> laptop is being very. <laughs> my laptop's ticking me off right now. It keeps. I keep bringing stuff up and then it closes it out without me saying to close it's it out. It's the porn. It's definitely. It's you got definitely. some viruses, bro. <laughs> Told you that Darth Talon porn's infected, bro. Ray has another bio for Kira. And she also comes from the underworld of Corellia, trying to make her way. And uh, actually, she ran with uh, Han uh, when he was a kid. I'm guessing she still runs with him now. And um, yeah, Yeah, it would be interesting. Sure. What's great about these uh, bios that they released is that there's no spoilers in it. It just gives you a pretty cool background of what to expect in the film. Up next, we have Tobias Beckett. Tobias is someone who certainly had an influence on Han in his early years before audiences first met the space pilot in a hoodlum-filled cantina on Tatooine. Beckett is a seasoned, no-nonsense survivor, forever working the angles to make sure he always comes out ahead of the game. Sound familiar? Sounds like Han to me. Beckett has assembled a team of specialized scoundrels to carry out a series of risky but profitable heists. And when he needs some extra hands for one particular job, he allows young Han and his Wookiee partner in crime, Chewbacca, to tag along. If it comes down to a fight, Beckett is as happy to take on his enemies in hand-to-hand combat as he is to blast them to smithereens using the pair of mismatched blasters that are never far from his side. So he's like an older Han Solo with a comb over. I mean, really, he's going to be like this influence on Han. He's going to um, probably help, you know, help him mature into the Han Solo that we know from the little street urchin type to, you know, from from, from a little punk to a big punk. Mm. You know, the part that really stands out for me is um, when he needs some extra hands for one particular job, he allows young Han and his Wookiee partner in Chewbacca to take along. So they're already together when they meet him. Is that that that's what they're implying here? Exactly. Yes. So that that's interesting. Exactly. So uh, Val, the foxy lady of the Star Wars universe a member of Tobias Beckett's criminal crew. The occasionally prickly Val is cool and self-assured without being flashy. Measured and methodical, she is a crack shot with a blaster rifle and most even-headed and capable member of the ragtag gang of rogues Beckett has recruited to undertake a foolhardy escape 
Oh, escapade in search of riches on the muddy battlefields of Memban. When she first meets Han, Val is far from impressed with the young Karelian, lacking faith and skeptical of his self-professed skill as a pilot. So really, he is a little punk. He's a guy who's cocky, and people aren't really sure what to make of him at first, which is um, good for the film. We'll see his development as a character. You know, the more you talk yeah. about it, the more Han Solo sounds like uh, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Big J. We miss you, buddy. Uh, also, there's a dude here. Is that Moloch? I Moloch. think that's Moloch, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, that's Moloch. Moloch. The sadistic Moloch wall is an authority <laughs> over the lesser thieves of his gang. Like all white worms, Moloch is extremely sensitive to natural light and must wear special protective gear when operating beyond the murk of his dank lair. Dank. Dank. Yeah, guy looks ugly as hell. But I think oh, we're gonna his be mask introduced. is ugly as hell, but you don't know what he looks like underneath. We're gonna be introduced to whatever the hell white worms are, unless you guys already know. <clears throat> white worms, huh? Yeah, my my dog has those. Uh, I thought, I do. That was coming. Holy fuck! I could have called that one. Jeez. Oh my. And then we have L three three seven, a self-made droid. L three three seven has cobbled together herself uh, using an assortment of components from Astromax, protocol droids, and countless other robotic sources, devising her own form and function to become something quite unique with an impressive AI to match. L three three seven is Lando Carosian's. Calrissian's enlightened navigator and co-pilot. Her programming makes for an indignant, spirited, and somewhat ex- eccentric companion who cares deeply about droid rights. With a mind of her own, after all she built it, L337 is subservient to no one. Excellent. That's interesting. Well I'm excited said. to meet this character, Lee. Um Voiced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to meet, especially because let's let's see what droids' rights have to do with uh, the the film. It's something that's not really touched upon, but some f- fans have noticed, like from the original Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope. Droid lives matter. No droids allowed here, and things like that. Droid lives matter. True. True. Start the DLM. movement. Start the movement. <laughs> I have a dream that one day droids will be able to walk into Mos Eisley Cantina and have a drink. Yeah, they wouldn't need a drink. They just want to be there. Want some lube? Clint Howard's going to be in Solo, a Star Wars story. Back in August 2017, director Ron Howard hinted that his brother Clint would continue the tradition of appearing in his movies with a cameo in Solo, a Star Wars story. After the final trailer of the movie was released, we thought we spotted Clint in one of the scenes with the droid L337. And now Ron Howard himself reveals that this was indeed his brother. Yeah, we get a cameo. Yeah. yeah. There was a tweet. There was there a tweet. There was a tweet. Tweet's like, please tell me you have a role for Clint. And Ron's like, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Ron Howard tweets, hashtag solo, a Star Wars story. Final sound mix. Know what I'm saying? Final sound mix. Hashtag Skywalker sound. Proof that hashtag Clint Howard fans have something to look forward to and hashtag May 25th, dab, galaxy far, far away. 
Hashtag Fortnite. Hashtag PUBG chicken dinner. Uh, <laughs> solo Star Wars video. Yeah, we already know when it fucking hits. Who cares? Moving on to Drayden Voss. Before we get into this, let's talk a little bit about something that I noticed. There are two different type of Drayden Voss Funko Pops. One with the weird fucking veiny things. One without. So, if you want to listen to my little theory here, that the reason that there is two is because one's before he got sick and one's after he got sick. And I'll tell you why I think this. What if the plot of the Star Wars, well, Solo, a Star Wars story, is that this ragtag group of scoundrels, thieves, smugglers, yada, 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 has to go get medicine from the Empire by stealing, by robbing the conveyor train or whatever the hell it is, and give it to Drayden Voss. So maybe that is a spoiler. Should should we do the spoiler alarm? I mean, I mean, there's that's a possibility. It's it's uh, no, it's not a spoiler. It's speculation, right? Speculation, yes. Possible spoiler, possible. Right, right. So, boys, moving on, moving on up. The Jeffersons. Uh, <laughs> curious case Jefferson. of Enfish Nest. No, we're on new info and Drayden Boss. Follow the show oh, notes, oh, okay. my young Padawan. Okay. What would be a Star Wars oh, movie yeah, without good I villains? I thought you said you were moving on. We are. Moving on from his theory. <laughs> from my theory. His theory needs a whole segment. See, unlike our um. previous employee, my theories make sense. Uh, <laughs> you know who you are. What would I'm a Star Wars movie would be without good villains? There is new information about lavish crime boss Dryden Voss from Solo, a Star Wars story, including a little more about his criminal organization, his preference for ships, and some other minor details. Look at that face. That is a face only a mother can love. But if you guys scroll down, do you see the Mandalorian armor in the background? Yeah, it looks pretty yeah. cool. So and interesting. Probably acquired it by killing one or stealing it. Eating. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, oh, it's a henchman. Oh, you in, say the, henchman. in the armor. Okay. I mean, oh, I thought it was like a setup. Uh, that's what it looks like to me. I thought it was a setup of armor. I was wondering if he was like possibly Mandalorian from before. I guess we mm. shall find out. Look at that eye watch, though. That Apple watch. <laughs> that, that that is quality right there. Um, looks like a pit boy to me. Yeah, pit boy three thousand. Yeah. In addition Acor- to this, we find yeah. out. Huh? Continue. No, I was just saying. Uh, according to StarWars.com databank, it sounds like Dryden Voss, while villainous due to his dealings, isn't necessarily some sort of maniacal, irrational monster of a villain. Dryden Voss heads up an emerging criminal syndicate known as Crimson Dawn. Sounds a lot like Red Dawn to me. This organization has quickly cemented a reputation for ruthlessness. This is true of its leader as well, though Voss is no crude cutthroat. He surrounds himself with luxury, and you can see that in the picture. Look at that cloak. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Kind of has this swagger to him. Huh. Yeah. maybe, Maybe it's just a suit of armor standing there. Wait, what? What? I, I got a question. What if Dryden Voss is Quinlan's brother? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, they do have the same last name. What if Luke yeah. Skywalker is related to Anakin Skywalker? Oh my god! No. There's no, no, no way. No. Our minds, I, we can't handle that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a shit theory. So, yeah. also mentioned here, if you fans have picked up The Last Shot, the Star Wars, the Han Solo and Lando novel, will it spoil anything for the film? And Daniel Jose Older says, I read it already. It won't. Okay, just to clear that up for you guys, it won't. Winky face. Wink, wink. Regardless of what character looks like, he appears to be a collector of sorts. As we see in the Empire still, he proudly displays Mandalorian armor. In the previous leaked images from the last year, we even saw that seemed to be a taxidermied Ewok displayed in the same location. Hmm? Taxidermied Ewok. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Are these that trophies more than brutal. collections? Dope. Dope, dope. Okay. SWNN Star Wars News Net tweets the official Star Wars authentic sites have titled the first image Dryden Boss Lair. Which is good to know, but the second image is titled Mimbin Train. <laughs> and we know the snow planet is Vandor, not Bimbin. So who knows? Who the fuck knows? Did you notice the, like, the top of the train kind of looks like an ATM6's top front? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought it was like some sort of uh, ATM-6 or one of those types of walker things uh, crashing down. Dope. Mm-hmm, yeah. We are officially just I five weeks away from Solo! A Star Wars story opening in theaters and Ron Howard continues to have funny interactions with fans. His latest answering a plea from a man asking Ron to convince his wife to go see the movie with him. Ron says, well, based on the feedback... This is how this is how Ron Howard talks. Well, based on the feedback I'm getting from small screenings, I think she'd like to enjoy it. Action is cool, and Han's relationship with these characters drive the story in a fun and emotional ways. <coughs> I can't do that for long. <laughs> <laughs> Not for too long. Uh, if everything we've heard and seen so far carries through in the movie, I think this person will have no regrets of seeing a solo Star Wars story. Okay, next topic. I'm done doing the voice. Uh, Enfys Nest. Take it away, Mo! Well, um, the curious case of Enfys Nest. Potential spoilers, so spoiler alert here. (laughs) Benjamin Button. (laughs) (laughs) A new piece of information from Lucasfilm about Enfys Nest contradicts previously revealed trading cards now indicating that Empress Nest is a male, but is everything as it seems? So this is kind of like a detective work. Uh, in a newly released report from Star Wars Insider, a magazine published by Lucasfilm themselves, Empress Nest is explicitly and deliberately referred to by male pronouns. Now, this so on the surface level, it seems like, hey, maybe the evidence suggesting that this character was a woman wasn't all that uh, accurate. However, uh, they don't think it's that easy to say at this point, and that's for a few reasons. One scenario that they see is potentially playing out is that, you know, like what happened with Leia posing as Boosh in Return of the Jedi, we're led to believe that this dangerous character is a man until, surprise, we learn that said character is a woman after all. A handful of people think that this character is really Kira in disguise, but based on how the continuity of the trailers play out, uh, like we see Kira pretty much during the whole movie, from the early years with Han and Corellia to the Kessel run at the end of the movie, and the info we received from a source, we're pretty sure that's not the case. Um, 
as you probably remember, a few days ago, uh, Star Wars Newsnet shared some info regarding Nest that they had received from a source that, uh, quote, Emphis Nest is a female. It's not a big role, but it is important. If you guys remember, we covered that a couple weeks ago. Uh, so it looks like it is still up in the air uh, because of the, you know, the trading cards uh, in France referred to her with um, her or it. We still don't know. We're using uh, feminine pronouns. But uh, I guess this just throws a wrench. It just could be um, a publicity type thing, trying to generate a little controversy around it. I don't know. Granted, this could be a case of something getting lost in translation, but still, that's not the only bit of evidence. What I find interesting is that, aside from the two bits of copy referring to Enfys as a woman or a man, depending on what you read, the merchandise associated with the character does not explicitly mention anything about the gender of this character. So it looks like the gender itself uh, of Emphis Ness will remain a mystery for now, at least. Well, they say that, but the action figure is actually just as big as all the other females. Female, uh, uh, <clears throat> and like, if you take all the uh, all the action figures and you put them side by side, and the male ones are bigger than the female ones. And that's pretty consistent in the whole thing around. Interesting. You, what a detective yeah. you are. <laughs> For real. Nah, I, I just watch Comic Artist Pro Secrets. <laughs> so nice. Woody Harrelson nice. says, Emphis Ness is a female. Did you already go cover this? No. Uh, I don't think so. Oh. No. Woody Harrelson says, Emphis Ness is a female. It is not a big role, but it is important. She. She. The actress worked closely with Woody Harrelson. She is signed for two more movies, presumably. Han Solo sequels! Well, basically everyone in Hollywood nowadays signs for three movies. Everyone with at least a little significant part. So... Take that, that with that's a really, grain That's really of not salt. any indication that there are going to be more movies. It's just a contingency to keep them on board if they want to keep making more movies and do back this that's coming from do back discussions own particular and special buzzkill known as joel myth storms <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> very true <laughs> oh speaking real, of- we do appreciate your presence to keep us grounded i know your cynicism <laughs> is needed <laughs> so timothy why yes timothy keegan not timothy zahn don't get it mixed up Episode 9 Rumors. We were talking about this a little bit of pre-show, so I'm going to let you take this one. Oh, yeah. There's a rumor about going on about uh, Mara Jade possibly being in the next movie, but that's possibly going to be false because we're considering that uh, Mara is actually a code name that they are using. Uh, before any Star Wars Legends fans get too excited, I want to stress that this is a code name of a character, which most likely means that she will have nothing to do with Mara Jade. Luke's wife from Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy, but Abrams, along with so, casting director Nina Gold, who has worked on both episode seven and eight, are searching for a female lead, forty to fifty years old, to play the role of Mara. It's common practice for films to use code names during the casting process, and that could be the case here. To be clear, we're only able to confirm that they are looking to fill the role of a female lead who they are calling Mara. Well, if you guys remember, back whenever Force Awakens was coming out, uh, whenever they were casting Daisy Ridley's character, Rey, 
they used the code name Kira for her. So no shit. Oh. I mean, right now a lot of people are sitting there thinking like, "Oh, Mara Jade's gonna come. Mara Jade's gonna come." But uh, no, it's probably not gonna happen. Considering that most of pretty much all the leads for like the Rebel Alliance are gone, they're gonna need some new characters in order to be able to fill the gaps for the new leaders of the Rebels. Yeah, definitely. If they were to bring a Mara Jade type character into Star Wars. Uh, would they be make it more like uh, faithful to legends, or would they kind of like twist things around, kind of like they did with like Thrawn and stuff like that? Oh, definitely twisted, definitely. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they could not keep her the same character. It's just like she had such a beautiful backstory, a wonderful character arc. They they can fit all that in and um, expect people to buy it, like her relationship with Luke, them having a kid together. It's like. Yeah, that that's only gonna raise more questions and more plot holes in the end. Yeah, like why did no one mention her before? Why did Luke? Right. Not, yeah. You know what I mean. So what if like they bring a character like that in there, and it ends up being like Ray's mother or something? Hmm. Because JJ did say that Ray actually does have like her mother. Her mother is like some sort of significance in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, so, so like a Mara type character might be like the perfect like perfect opportunity to introduce uh, her, his her mother if she's still alive. I mean, which would also I mean, Kylo Ren is a bad guy. I mean, he lied to her. So yeah, maybe he further lied to her whenever he said that they were nobody, that they were just junkers that died in the desert. So who knows? Maybe yeah, he's trying or, to cover the fact that or her mind was erased and she actually doesn't true. know it. Mm-hmm. And that's why. You know, search your feelings. You know it to be true. You know, holds up. Like from a certain point of view, she d- just doesn't know. Yeah, but Kylo uh, also said that he saw her, her parents in a vision. Who yeah. said that, Kylo? Yeah, Kylo said that to Ray whenever. So, uh, kind of yeah, but Kylo's a he's a liar. Exactly. So what if he was just covering it up to make it make her think that they were nobody, and he's actually in this next one, he's going to be hunting her mother down. Very possibility for sure. Very possible. I mean, I would love for them to bring more legend stuff into the Star Wars canon. I know that's not going to happen, but it's Disney now, so literally anything could happen. Absolutely anything can happen. What if her mother is Phasma? Dun dun dun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Tim. Maybe it was Holdo. Oh shit! Oh shit! Her dad's no. Admiral Akbar. Did you really Akbar. just say that Admiral Haldo was force sensitive? <laughs> Did you really just say that? Look at that cynicism. The biggest on Admiral Haldo <laughs> hater just said that. Okay. <laughs> New character posters for Solo. Uh, I'd like to cover this one, boys. So Go ahead. we got Phoebe Waller Bridge as L337, otherwise known as Leet. You know, we saw her uh, grab that little scum and villainy. During the solo trailer. Also, we got Jean Favreau as Rio. We got to actually got to hear his voice in the last trailer. You know, the four-armed monkey dude that likes to sit on uh mm-hmm. sit at the blasters, you know, stuff like that. Uh Paul Bettany as Drayden Voss, you know, fucked up face guy. Yeah. Uh Val, Sandy Newton as Val. It is excellent casting on their part. Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett. 
Donald Glover is Lando. But we already knew that. We already know all these. Amelia Clark is Kira. Q-I-R-A. Oh, my God. Okay, why does it not say Jonas's name? Where, where it just says Chewbacca. It has all the other ones, but it doesn't say Chewbacca's Jonas. Chewbacca's played by Chewbacca, man. You've got to give credit where credit's due. If an actor's playing a, a character, then you better put that on there. Jonas is so blown. Nobody cares about Jonas. I do. I care about Jonas. He is a terrific actor. Jonas Probably cussing in Finnish so- somewhere. How- Did we figure out how to say his last name? Suwatomo or something like that. Suwatomo. Suwatomo. Okay. Suwatomo. Yeah, that sounds You got to right. say it like, like an old Japanese man. Oh, That's Suwatomo. what I was thinking. <laughs> Wasabi. And then Alden Einrich as a young, charismatic scoundrel, Han Solo. I really love these posters, man. They all, they like, just in general, the, the color scheme that they've been playing with, a little bit of orange, a little bit of purplish, uh, has been really fantastic. It's definitely a different look for Star Wars posters. And yeah. with yeah. with that being said, uh, we have more posters down below, and it's definitely a darker feeling of a movie from what we can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're shooting weapons. We talked a little bit on the last podcast about... Uh, the the mouse in the solo trailer. Have you guys caught that? No. At the beginning of the solo trailer, you can see a mouse running across the line, like a line at the beginning. But it's not just any mouse, okay? It's an alien mouse. They put fucking put tentacles on it. What? I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I will show you. <laughs> mouse at sol- mouse in solo trailer. I'm not joking here. If you click images, let's see here. Oh, at the very beginning of the solo trailer. Well, if you watch it, solo trailer. It is. Uh, <laughs> okay, we got the solo trailer coming up here. Oh, right there. There's a fucking mouse right there. And it has like a ten. It has like fucking antenna and shit. Yep, I see it. That's just okay. <laughs> that is the real villain. Oh, right. Yeah, I did catch that. Okay, yeah. See, it's the little things that count in this movie. You can tell that Ron Howard's definitely uh, a Lucasfilm alumni type thing. So, also these these other posters, we get to see a lot of like a background and, and like they're all like the same. They're all like the Falcon and different forms of combat yeah. with uh, Tie Fighters. Tie fighters, where? Look in the background. the The secondary. Yeah. Look, yes. Yeah. There's tie fighters everywhere on each poster, man. Like the Chewie <laughs> one, the Tobias, the Kira, the Lando, and the Solo. I just know the front of the Millennium Falcon like doesn't even look like the Millennium Falcon. What did we determine that was? Oh, the leather, leather. Uh, okay, I, I, I thought in the um, Millennium Falcon outlay in the back in the other posters. No, okay. I believe from what we've talked about in previous podcasts, is that the, the little front part there of the Millennium Falcon is some sort of transport thing, or maybe an escape pod. Yeah, that yes. makes sense. Oh, all I mean, right. That's, uh, that's what they did in uh, in Rebels. And we know had- Han was not uh, particularly careful with the Millennium Falcon, but so he might have lost it along the way because when we see the Falcon in this movie, it is clean, son. It is clean. 
and it gets dirty. By the time we see it in episode four, it looks like yeah. a hunk of junk. In the words of Luke Skywalker, what a hunk of junk! You know? <laughs> so. Well, he, he did have to drop some cargo running from the Imperials. Yes. So. Yeah, uh, that, that, that might be the thing that, that he dropped. So, for the big news for this week of Star Wars, Alden Einrich, well, Aaron Reich, however Aaron you Reich. want to pronounce it, signed on for three more Star Wars movies. Now, Joel, I know you're going to say something negative in the background. I, I know that that's how you are. <laughs> but this I'm is big news. Real, this is big news for us. This is big news for the Star Wars community and Star Wars fans. We're talking trilogy plus one for Solo. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they said that it was going to be a standalone. So how is a standalone suddenly a trilogy? That's true. You know I what? Mean, just the fact that he signed on for three Star Wars movies. Here, I think is, this is something Mo can get behind. It's, it's common, common practice. Like, Bring Jen Erso um, back. The girl. <clears throat> Bring Jen Erso back. Have Ezra go in the time bubble, grab that bitch right before Scarif explodes, and there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, now with, the, with you... the whole time travel thing, it's just it's a game changer. Everyone's favorite characters they they come back. Like if you read the quote from Alden though, like it looks like he wasn't even supposed to give out that little tidbit of information about him signing on for three more. Yeah, 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 yeah. For three. Oh. Well, Bobby Iger's gonna be pissed off then. Well, Bobby Iger, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so we well, have a new. That set- may be just his uh, inexperience in handling these kind of things. Oh, definitely. He's a fairly somewhat new actor. I mean, I haven't seen many yeah, movies he's like, in. I saw, he, he might not know well, that basically any Beautiful Creatures? Yep, he was in Beautiful Creatures. I remember Hail that Caesar? Hail Ce- I didn't know about Hail Caesar. He's in Hail Caesar? Uh, Beautiful Creatures was a good movie. Star Wars Episode Nine will have the franchise's first female second unit director, Mo. <clears throat> you cut off there, buddy. I said Star Wars Episode Nine will have the franchise's first female second unit director oh of course and before joel jumps on and talks about mary sue let me jump on and add that (laughs) and say that um this is relatively some uh kind of a big deal because while fans will have to wait to see a woman or a person of color direct directly direct or um take the full helm out of the star wars film significant progress toward reaching that milestone came with the news that Victoria Mahoney will be serving as second unit director on episode nine. Now, um, I don't think this, uh, you can't really tell from the pictures, but actually she's also African-American. So we have a black woman. Um, so some, for some people, that was a big deal for them, that a black woman is now second in command. Um, earlier, Ava DuVernay, a friend of director J.J. Abrams and someone who doesn't want to do a Star Wars movie right now, um, spilled the beans that Victoria Mahoney would be working with Abrams on episode 9. Um, Ava DuVernay, if you guys don't know, she's a great director, has made some great films. Um, she tweeted, happy to share this historic news, a black woman directing stories black in the galaxy woman far, directing far Star away. Wars. It is definitely a time for change in this modern era. I mean, let's let, let's wait and see how, how good of a job she does. Just because she's a black woman doesn't mean she's going to do a great job. But I do have hope, as always. Um, I was... I was unfortunate enough to look at the comment section of some places, you know, the the place, the no man's land, the place you should always avoid if you want to keep your blood pressure low. And they were like, <laughs> you know, she's going to suck. It's like, okay, uh, how do you know? But 
because some people are like are worried that since she doesn't have as much experience, she might blow this. But um, uh, that doesn't necessarily just because they don't have direct experience doesn't mean they're not talented, as you all know. Um, so Vic Mahoney uh, tweets, "Cat's out of the bag." She misspells she misspells cat. Thank you at Ava for putting my name in this hashtag Star Wars hashtag Lucasfilm hat. Thank you hashtag JJ Abrams for inviting me on your ferocious side. This one's for the outliers dreaming big in small corners of the earth. Hashtag may the force be with you. Um, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for JJ Abrams to take back um, the trilogy and see what he has in store. Um, and for the fans or the listeners, just to clarify what a second unit director actually does, it's a role that's obviously a lot smaller than the standard director, but it covers things such as establishing shots and stunts. But with that in mind, if you're watching a movie, odds are that you'll be looking at a mix of footage, both from the first and second units, meaning that Mahoney will be able to leave her mark on Star Wars, even if Abrams is running the show. In any case, having her involved in a project of this size is a step up from her previous work, and it might even put her on a path to direct one of the standalone movies eventually. This is a great day for Lucasfilm, and this announcement is one that will likely help pave the way for greater representation behind the camera of the new Star Wars films. So, what do you guys think? Who cares about representation, man? <laughs> Just give the, give the best give the, the, the best qualified person the job. That's... Like and, nobody cares about gender, your, nobody cares about race, not really. Only only people in Hollywood do. So just hire the best person. Well, one well, people in Hollywood person? care because I would disagree. I think people in Hollywood care because fans and viewers care. And two, maybe she is the the best one that they found, and it just so happened. The fact that it happens to be a black woman is exciting for black women everywhere. Thank, yeah, what? then then you then you announce it with uh, like we we found this kickass. Uh, a kick-ass girl that's just going to be the second director and she's going to be great. Like, she's the best one for the job. You don't announce her like, oh, yeah, we hired her because she's women, she's a woman. It's like, uh, whatever. I don't care. I, I most, agree with most you. Most people don't, don't care. I agree with you, but I don't think that that's how they announced it. It's just they, uh, they announced it as this is a black woman that we hired. Yeah. Happy I mean, to share this historic news. A black woman directing stories in a galaxy far, far away. What was that? Ava Duvernay chick supposed to be working on Star Wars, or like, what's her deal? No, she's nothing. She's just a very famous and very talented director. Um, she right. works a lot with like um, African American films and things like that. She's a big deal in the African American community, so of course she's gonna emphasize that fact. All right, I just know it stated that like she didn't want to work on a Star Wars movie. That Ava chick. So I was like, okay, maybe it was if she was supposed to be working on it, maybe it was best that they switched her with Victoria. But since they just added Victoria, I mean, hey, she seems very very enthused to be working with Star Wars, so I think she's going to be giving a, her best shot with it, so I'm not too worried about it. Like, Do you guys remember that movie Selma from 2014? Yeah. Yeah, that was Ava DuVernay. Oh, okay. So she's very talented, has made some great movies, um, is quite a name. But then, but I, I agree with Joel that um, uh, it, it makes sense to me that she would announce it like that, but it doesn't look like Star Wars, you know, the official... Um, Star Wars or J.J. Abrams was like, hey, find me a black girl. I need a black girl. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Maybe that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess we'll find Maybe out we'll uh, in 2019. Yeah. Okay, so that is it for the news for this week. So let's talk a little bit about the discussion topics. Should Solo be in Battlefront 2 for the next DLC season? 
Yes. Uh, no. Fuck no. I say yes. No, 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 no. We already no. have Han Solo. <laughs> Why do we need more Han Solo? It's called okay, skins, man. my dude. Exactly. More skins, the more money that EA can make. We want more characters. We want Clone yeah. Wars. Then put we fucking Memphis Nest Clone in there. Wars DLC. I mean, who knows? Maybe they could do a special thing like they did with uh, the Ewoks instead of just, just doing Here's what we want. solo campaign Okay, this, listen to me. What if they add Emphis, okay, as, as a villain, or Drayden? Before Obi-Wan? Before yes. Grievous? Before Qui-Gon? We're not going to get anything. Before Dooku? It's just... <clears throat> I was excited us, for Obi Wan. stuff that was in the in the in the in the prequels first. Yeah, like, like it was every everything everything that was already Disney established hates the prequels. first, and then bring out the Disney stuff. Disney hates the prequels. I agree I mean, on that. I, I agree with Joel here. I think that you all you fans already want something. Give them that before moving on to something else. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I can see it happening because they did make a Rogue One DLC for the uh, for Battlefront One, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I personally will be disappointed, but I'll still play anyway, as you guys know. Oh, that they could just save it for Battlefront Three. I mean, as long as they don't take oh, away Jesus. my Phasma, I don't care. <laughs> what if they replace Phasma with Emphis? Don't even fucking start your <laughs> shit. Oh, Em's <laughs> fighting words. <laughs> You, you all know that I, I rock a Phasma and a Leia set up when we play HVV, so. <laughs> Those are my girls. So, this seems to be torn. The Dubak discussion team is torn on this fucking discussion topic. So, moving <laughs> on. So, this is kind of where Joel gets to shine a little bit. I mean, we, we let him shine a lot on our website, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, asshole has his own section. So why is the community so split, Joel? Because Ruin Johnson happened. Because, because he uh, because basically Ryan Johnson said, No, we don't need to, to think of the fans. We just need to write a bad story and <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. and, and everyone will be on board. No, that's just not how it works. The, you gotta, you gotta make good stories, and then do all these superfluous uh, shit with uh, with the feminist bullshit and the and the anti-slavery pro- propaganda <laughs> and all that stuff. It's like make a good fucking story, and he didn't do that. So yeah, that that's why the community is so split. I feel the community is so split because we're dealing with three different generations of Star Wars fans now. This is true. Mm. Like, it's like we are legit dealing with three different types of people who like the same thing, but each film that films that they grew up with are completely different. Everyone here is a prequel guy. Everyone here was born (laughs) during the prequels. Everyone here watched the re-releases. This is this is what we know. This is so we grew up with both an appreciation for the originals and the prequels. The prequels were our shit, whether we like to admit it or not. We all had a Jar Jar something when we were younger. We all, were, oh yeah, we all thought Mace Windu was the fucking coolest character in the world because his lightsaber was purple. We all thought that Revenge of the Sith was like the greatest fucking thing in the world when we were younger. Because that Anakin Obi Wan fight is so amazing and well done, 
Yeah, that's what we were. I can remember being teenagers and Tim and I sitting down and watching these films, and we just uh, just being completely blown away by how awesome this was to us. And as we get older, we get to see this new generation of fans come in who look up to different types of characters. When I think back on the characters that I looked up to, I was an Obi Wan guy. I mean, yeah, I think we were all Obi Wan guys. And then you go back in time. To the seventies and the, uh, the early eighties, everyone was a Luke guy, you know. Yeah. Now with the new one, everyone's a fucking Ray girl. Right. Or uh, who, who's a Ray girl? My sister loves Ray. See, my daughter really? loves Ray. Yeah. It, it, it's all about when you were born, what you grew up with, and what you think is your best, and what you can relate to the best. Yeah. Remember the original trilogy guys hated Revenge of the Sith. Yep. I fucking loved Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say favorite Star oh, Wars movie, but uh, yeah, it's second. <laughs> uh, Tim? I have a hard time thinking about which movie was my favorite. Yeah, I just, great. Like, uh, I'm just one of those kind of fans where like, I like each movie for something in each movie. So, like, they're all kind of, like, the same, but I uh, don't know. One of my favorites, I'd probably have to say, is probably Empire Strikes Back. Classic. Yep. That's a classic. I just, I've always loved that one over, like, all of them. If I mm-hmm. sit down, I look at all the movies, and I really want to watch one, it's always going to be Empire. <laughs> For sure. First, Definitely, sure. yeah. One of the best sequels of all time. Personally, my favorite sequel behind Godfather Part Two. <laughs> you know what I don't get? I, I don't like the beginning of Godfather Part Two. Really? I don't like how it's like in the old country. I like it gives like the backstory. Oh, okay. I can agree with you on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome back to the Godfather cast. Uh, <laughs> anyway, for our last discussion topic, boys, you want to buy some death sticks? Would you, you like to buy to some death sticks? Your life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I got some death sticks, but you, you uh, things. Uh, okay, but what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? <laughs> <laughs> See, I have, I have a question. Is that a meme because it, it is was so meme. out of the blue and unrelated to the conversation? It was. I, I believe oh. that that's why. And that, <laughs> and he wasn't even in that that fight. Like he was on another fucking planet fighting somewhere else, and he's just like, anybody thinking about the Wookiees? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the memes of that of that line are pretty funny. For sure. So, boys, wrapping up episode 13 of the Do Back Discussion podcast, uh, I would like to thank Tim and Joel for tagging along on this episode. Thank you, boys. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, no problem. It was always fun. Uh, next week, <laughs> we'll be coming at you with another episode of the Do Back Discussion podcast. Mo, thank you for joining Again, as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, my business partner, my dear, 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 dear friend. Thank you oh, yes. for everything of that course, you do. Dude, it's a pleasure. Thanks for bringing me on as always. Make sure to head on to over to the dobackdiscussion.net, dobackdiscussion.net, and check out our news articles, our film reviews, watch a couple films, watch some YouTube videos, listen to this podcast. Wait, you're already doing that. And hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. Just kidding about that. We don't got that. Uh, you can follow us on our personal accounts. Just go and uh, hit the meet the team thing. And I'm sure you can see and Google search us. You'll find us. Tim's eating a hoagie in his picture. Joel's sitting on a tank. Mm-hmm. 
That's how it is. Eating a hoagie on hump day. Eating a hoagie on nice. hump day. So what else, when else shall you yeah. on hump day? It's <laughs> true. Hump day. I have a question. Does all of us discussioners have beards or facial hair of some sort? I do. I do. I, I do. got a beard. Oh, look at that. We are all scruffy looking nerf herders. If you don't got a beard <laughs> and you're not scruffy looking, you can't be a podcast host. <laughs> right. <laughs> the beards of <laughs> just don't work. That's right. So thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day. This is TJ Bowser signing off. Grandmaster Ziad signing off. Go leader lost the starboard edge and hopefully we'll be back for another round. And it was Smith. The man. The legend. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.